Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Last Drinks is proudly sponsored by Buds and Beads. It's sparkling tea, and yes, I'm obsessed. Perfect at a picnic, great as a gift, or a wonderful weekend companion. Buds and Beads Sparkling Tea, where every bubble tells a story. It's time for another episode of Last Drinks, a podcast where we have conversations for the sober and the sober curious, hosted by me, Maz Compton, sober since 2015. So Fiona Redding, my dear, beautiful, gorgeous friend, thank you for coming back to Last Drinks. (laughs) Maz, thank you for having me back. So, you know, I start every podcast episode with the same question, tell me about your last drink, but I've already, we've already had that chat. So the question I want to ask you is to tell me about your last book. (laughs) Do you like that? I like that. Um, (laughs) So my last book, I just published it, self-published it. Um, It's called It Is Possible. It is possible. It is possible. And the tagline is letting go of who you think you are to create the life of your dreams. Oh, that's the T-shirt that I needed when I was looking at sobriety. Yeah. Because so, that's what it was for me. It was like I've got to let go of all the things that I think I am to all of these people and I've got to embrace the true, sober, real deal, Maz. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think when you're a drinker, that is your identity, right? That's who you are. You're like, and who are you if you're not that? You're that boring person or you're that person that, you know, never goes out and stays home and all the things that we love doing today. Um, yeah, so that's that's the book. So it's basically um, I've got it's through my business I have a program I teach and it's like this is the, this, these are the steps for change basically that wherever you are, whatever's going on for you, if you're starting here, follow these steps. Whatever it is that you're wanting to shift in your life, you're going to be able to do that. And then there's one chapter in the book which is called Bringing It All Together, which is kind of like the the, the giving up drinking journey for me. But the rest mm. of the book is really just the process, the steps for change. It's a lovely, it's a lovely book. So did you find that this sort of um, like this plan for change is really applicable across like many different things? Because People do struggle with their relationship with alcohol, but people struggle in so many other areas that they need to change. Like maybe you're just a bit of a dick at work and you need to change your attitude. Like is it applicable across, it's not just solely related to people who are in a bit of a cycle with their drinking and they want to stop. It's like whatever change keeps signposting from the universe to you, you can kind of apply this to that. A hundred percent. So like I, one of the things I believe is the thing we think is the thing is never the thing. Well, so, well, say that again. That's <laughs> wait, wait, go again, go again. It's I love this. Okay. This, this yeah. is life changing, man. The thing you think is the thing, e.g. alcohol is not the thing. So drinking's not the thing. Yes. yes I get it. The, the drinking is just the outward manifestation of the way we think and the way we feel and what what we believe to be true. So this is true in anything in your life. So you're having a problem at work. I've got a problem with work. The problem is not work. 
Yeah, I get it. Okay. So just apply because I, I feel like everyone's listening to this and they're going to need a, a few seconds just like I, yeah. this is this is me filling the air with words while my brain processes what you said. But the so for me, it's not the thing. The thing that you think is the thing is not the thing. So for me, the, the thing that I thought was the thing was my was drinking in 2014. But after having a period of time away from alcohol, I can now say that the thing that it actually was was masking pain and imposter syndrome. True. And so when I dealt with the pain, which is still a process, and when I dealt with the imposter syndrome, which was actually having self-worth, self-care and self-love for me instead of continually feeling like I was failing or about to fail, when I reconciled those things, it's like I didn't even think about the booze because I didn't need to suppress all the pain anymore. So you're right. The thing, it wasn't the thing that I thought it was. It was a different thing, but I still had to, you still have to deal with the thing though. 100%. But the thing, what happens to the thing, the thing is when we go, oh, the problem is alcohol or drinking, then we're still focusing externally. If I get rid of that thing, then I don't have a problem. But it's like, no, if the thing has become a problem, the alcohol Mm. has become a problem, then you need to address the cause of the effect. Mm. So the cause of the effect is that you've got low self-esteem. The cause of the effect is that you've got unprocessed emotional trauma. So if you don't resolve that, you know, a lot of people when they give up drinking, as you know, like then they get the sugar craving or then they mm-hmm. get the this craving or something else kind of comes in. It's like you actually look, if you don't address it properly, you keep manifesting an equivalent level of drama in your life at some level. Yeah. So we have to go, okay, I've, I have a problem. I have a problem that is presenting itself as an alcohol problem. But it's not an alcohol problem. It's my problem. Mm. So we have, I have this concept I teach called the circle of responsibility. Okay, you'll love this one, Maz. I love circles okay. in general. So the circle of responsibility is basically you like stand up and then you draw this circle around yourself, right? So I've got this circle around myself. I'm okay. standing in my circle of responsibility. Maz is there in her circle of responsibility. Everybody who's listening to this episode is in their circle of responsibility. So we're all we're all here together, but we're all yep. in our own circle of responsibility. So within this circle, I'm responsible for the way I think, for the way I feel. I'm responsible for my emotions. I'm responsible for the thoughts I think, the words I say, the actions I take, what I don't take. I'm responsible for what I'm sending out of this circle. Mm-hmm. But also I'm responsible for how I respond or react to what is coming into this circle. So you can't make me angry, Naz. Yes. I choose to choose. be angry. I choose to respond with anger. Now, that's not to say that you're not behaving in a way that is useful or helpful, right? It's not about mm-hmm. making a judgment on that or having an opinion about what Maz or Maz isn't doing. Mm. It's about the fact that, okay, Maz has said something that's completely outrageous or Maz, has, Maz can't hurt my feelings. They're my feelings. Mm. So oh, when we, that's so, oh my God, Fee, that's, that's like a big, big sandwich to swallow. Yeah, my feelings, right? You can, you can be behaving in a way that's horrific and terrible and 
outrageous and all the rest of it, right, based on what mm. I think is the correct way to behave, the way yeah. I think is the correct way to behave. Now, you may have a different version of what the correct behaviour is. Yeah. So I need to understand what my values are. I need to understand what my boundaries are. I need to understand what I how, what I accept as acceptable behaviour and not acceptable behaviour. And then I need to behave in the way that I am calling acceptable or not mm-hmm. acceptable. And I understand how difficult it is to behave in an acceptable way or whatever. So I'm going yeah. to have compassion for myself. So equally, I'm going to extend that compassion to Maz when Maz is behaving in a way that I think is outrageous and go, what is the thing behind Maz's behavior? People don't behave like that just for fun. They're either mm. hurting or they're angry or they're whatever and they're projecting or pushing their crap onto me. I don't have to take that. I'm in my circle. I don't want to have my equilibrium disturbed. I'm quite happy living here in a place, place of peace and harmony. Mm. I don't want to, I don't like getting angry. I don't like reacting. Okay, it's not to say that I have to pretend I'm perfect. I can get angry, but I don't have to stay angry. Well, that's my choice. But I, I can't love blame that. her for making me feel that. That's my choice to feel that. I that is so powerful for so for a few reasons. Firstly, you've got to get your empath on, you know, to acknowledge that if someone's behaving in a way that can seem hurtful or negative or is just not your vibe or your scene, it's because there's something going on for them internally. It's because there's some disconnect, there's something going on, and so they're projecting all of that out of their circle. So that's number one is like let's have empathy on that person because they're probably having a really hard time. Yeah. And then owning it and not – and I kind of liken this to something I used to say when I was drinking and if um, there was like always, you know, that one person at the bar that would make me drink shots. Yeah. And I'd be, I'd always say, oh, it's her fault because whenever we go out, she always gets shots and then I get more out of control or then I black out faster and so it's her fault. Whenever I'm with her, things get out of control. And just reflecting on that, I'm like, well, and I sort of talk about this in my book, it's like that person didn't force shots down my throat. (laughs) I just found it really hard to put a boundary down with them. So knowing what your boundaries are, And with drinking, it can be very clear cut. It's zero drinks. I have a zero drink policy. I have a zero shots policy now, unless it's an aloe vera shot. I have a zero drinks policy. So it's easy now to retain that boundary. So if somebody comes at me with shots or champagne or wine, I can just be like, well, my, I don't drink alcohol. So there's the boundary. It's really clear cut. But if you don't have that boundary set and you haven't, had that conversation with yourself, it's really easy to blur the boundaries and then get led astray by other people and then blame them for your decisions. Yeah. But the thing is also too, I mean, even going back a step, circle of responsibility, you're the one that walked into that bar. Correct. Like, no one held a gun to your head to do that. You did that. So it's like a series so of decisions that get made. So mm. remember, we are where we are because we are there, because we've decided to be there, whether that's in a relationship, whether that's yeah. in a workplace, whether that's in a bar, whether that's in whatever, right? At some level, we made that decision. We can't then get angry with everybody else because we're there and we don't like it. It's like you're not a tree, as Jim Rohn says. If you don't like it, move, you know. Like, yeah, I I'm know. not happy here. 
okay, but I'm here. So I've got two choices here. I can either just leave and say, well, it was that environment and I'm out. But remember, wherever we go, there we are. So you're just going to recreate that somewhere else until you have the courage to inquire about the environment that you're in, get curious and go, what have I done to attract Mm. this? Like, how did I end up here? I am here. Yeah. That made me be here. I'm here. What have I done? What is the way that I think, What the way that I believe, what stories I tell myself about myself, the actions that I've taken or haven't taken that have ended up here? Until yeah. I can accept that I'm here because I'm here, where I'm now is where I'm now and where I'm now is perfect, nothing can change. I can move, but mm. there I go. It's so, that's such a big one, I think, because if you're not in a great place, it's really hard to accept that you're not in a great place because of your decisions. Now, I also think it's really important to clarify this. If something traumatic has happened to you, that's not to say that that hasn't had an impact on where you are, but it would have been how you responded or reacted to it that put you where you are. So what I'm trying to say is like bad stuff happens. You know, shit goes down. Things blow up in our faces and that can have a profoundly strong impact on our choices and how we then carry forward. If we don't have the tools to handle it really, really well, we may lean into a substance. We may um, go down a road with our mental health that is not powerful and not empowering at all. Um, but when you get those tools and when you can own those tools and apply those tools, it means that so-and-so can come at me or I can dip into that past trauma and maybe try and, you know, move away from it healed as opposed to recreating scenarios that keep me broken and keep me bound. Does that kind of make a bit of sense. I, I, I just know I've I've sat with with I just as one friend in particular, we had this really big conversation about she was like, but I didn't choose I didn't choose for that to happen to me. And I was like, I know. And what happened to you sucks. It's so crap. But you have a choice on how you respond. 100%. Do you want to move forward? Do you want to be, do you want to find some healing? Do you want to find some balance, some reconciliation? Can we? You can't right the wrong, but you can move forward in a new way where you're not being a victim and you're not blaming that one incident for really poor choices in later in life. So I think it's just a really, you know, you've brought up such a great point. I think so many people wrestle with this. It's like, am you know, am I here because of the sum total of all of my choices? Yes. But that doesn't mean that crap stuff hasn't happened and that you've had all of the tools on this like smorgasbord of tools on how to deal with it well. I think that that lands people in this murky place where they're like, is it my fault? It's not blame game, right? It's accountability game and that's really different. A hundred percent. And I think also too, like everyone's got trauma. Like everyone's got stuff that happened to them. Now, that is actually the sum total of the human experience, right? Like Mm. really, like everyone's had experiences, but we form our sense of identity based on what we choose to remember and how we choose to remember it. And it's it's not to say it didn't happen or it was a terrible thing or that person was awful or whatever, but it's just like how well 
does me continually telling this same old story, banging the drum of this story and revisiting the trauma and being unable Mm. to let it go and not being able to be fully present in this moment because all of these terrible things that have happened in the past, the more I'm thinking about it and, and looking at everything through that lens, the more I'm kind of just continuing to experience that. And it's like, at what point do I choose to say, you know what, here's a line in the sand. It's not saying that it wasn't a terrible thing. It's not saying that it didn't happen. It's just how well does me feeling like that victim or blaming or being angry or whatever, like, does that feel good in this present moment? No, it doesn't. And I would like to feel good because I want to enjoy the experience of my life. And I can just accept that shitty things have happened Mm. because that's, that's just been my life. I can accept that. It doesn't mean I have to like it. It doesn't mean I have to be like super, that was the best thing ever. It just means, well, that's what's happened. But how do I want to conduct myself and how do I want to live my life in this present moment and moving Mm. forward from here? And we have to make that decision. And I like what you said about accountability. It's not about, um, it's not, there's not a Pollyanna-ishness to it. You know, shit things happen and that's, that's the thing. But it's like me continually thinking about that and talking about that all I'm doing is breathing life into the past it's in the Mm. past it's not happening today it's except in my head so let's just choose to be present and focused and positive and moving forward here and that's when you start to experience the transformation but it starts here by letting go yeah the letting go thing is so it's so hard man it's so hard oh my god and I feel like as I'm sort of, you know, nine years into my sobriety and, you know, I'm in, I'm in my midlife now, I'm in my mid-season of life, um, the greys are coming through and I just feel like there's layer after layer after layer that I am learning to shed and let go of and I feel like a bit of a, like, iron in the fire like a bit of I'm in the refiner's fire at the moment and and I'm fine with that because I'm not trying to cling on and hang on to the Maz Compton from MTV or the -hmm. expectations I had on how much of an amazing mother I was going to be like you know what my kid had Macca's last week it's all good he's going to be fine but I put all of these like all of these pressures on myself Mm -hmm. to live up to what some expectation that I've imagined in my brain that equates to success mm. and freedom, like, no. And I just have to, again, you can't do this unless your mind is clear. You can't even start this process if you're, you know, like so hazy and foggy and low and 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 things are going to look way more grim with a hangover, you know. This is, this is with full clarity I can appreciate how messed up I've been on my whole um, like gung-ho trailblazing approach to some things and how at some point when it's not serving you, it's okay to let it go and put it down and maybe come back to it a bit later. But this is like a lifelong process. When I don't think like, you know, there's a point where you or I are going to go, nailed it, got it, got it's all in that one book that I wrote. Like there's n- because how long have we known each other now, babe? And how different is this conversation to the one that we had eight years ago, right? Like how it's just, it's like, we're, it's almost like we're two different people, but yeah. we're still in essence ourselves 
and our spirit and who we are authentically at home internally. But like life has thrown so many wild cards at us and we're just trying to figure it out, right? And that's the thing. And I think that's where I'm really getting to with all of this is that I don't have to be the guru and I don't have to have all the answers and I don't have to be the master. I can just share what I know yeah. and the more openly and vulnerably and honestly that I share, the more my world's opening up anyway. Like I think just letting go of this facade that I've got my shit together yeah. in any way, shape or form, even though you could say I do have my shit together, but I think accepting that I don't have my shit together and not giving myself a hard time about that and I should know better and, and all the rest of it. It's like, you know, I'm literally, we are all just muddling on through this life. And I think what's yeah. one of the things that's really shifting deeply for me is I've got, probably like you do too, a lot of knowledge and awareness about things. Yes. But it's it's like these seeds get planted, we water them, they get nurtured and stuff, and then they start to grow and develop and to me I think that's when we are the crucible you know because it's Mm. actually like this new understanding is being born right Mm. and in that understanding is such a shedding because it's like oh what I thought and what is are not Mm. the same thing and I like my whole worldview has been shifted literally like I deleted everything in my business and everything at the end of last year because I was like I'm going the wrong way I don't know how but I know this is not the right way I feel Mm. like I'm bashing my head against a brick wall it doesn't feel open and expansive anymore I feel like I'm trying to tick boxes or achieve targets or whatever Mm. and I just let the whole thing go and this year organically things are just starting to come back in again and it's like it's like it's the same picture but it's so different like it's well you've got a new lens it's a new lens. So everything it's the same picture. Weird. It is, but you are looking at it with different. a different lens cuz you've your the way you're looking at everything is different. It's not that everything out there has shifted. It's in, you have these shifts internally and then you're like, "Oh, and that's when you get those paradigm shifts. That's when you get those aha penny drop moments where you're like, "Oh, oh, that's what it is." That's where I need to go. That's how I need to respond. This is where we need to pivot, you know, and it's, I don't think it's picking up more baggage and stuffing it in the backpack, which is what I do because I'm like, oh, things are tough. Let's do five more things then, you know, like to prove to the world that I'm superhuman. I, the shedding is about taking stuff out of the backpack and then eventually ditching the backpack. And as a as a high functioning overachiever that's very very hard to not pick up more things but i was just sharing with you before we started chatting like next year i've got no goals and that's not to say that i'm just going to sit at home and cry every night it just means like i'm not adding extra in so that i can process what we've got and see where things are at really authentically without being dead tired feeling like i'm absolutely going insane losing my mind and channeling all of my energy into more things. I'm going to channel my energy back at myself for 12 months and see how that goes. And I think that is a really big deal for me as someone who's had goal lists after goal lists and ticked off dream jobs and manifested so many amazing things. To not have that agenda is a bit like, oh, but for me, that's an experiment that I'm excited about because I'm like, it's the wild, wild west, man. Where, oh, yeah. where, like, 
Yeah. Come on in. Come into the circle of responsibility. Um, I'm waiting. You know what's really interesting that you've raised there, and this has been something that's really, uh, you know, I've been exploring a lot over the last few years about this this idea of motivation, like extrinsic motivation and intrinsic motivation. So extrinsic Mm. motivation is like what you talked about, you know, having the goals, having the car, having the job, having the little whatever, whatever. And this is where I got to. And I realized I was achieving all of these goals. You know, I had two podcasts, I'd published my second book, mm. had like global business, I'd built my online tick, program. Tick, like, tick, 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 tick. And I'm yeah. like, this is empty here, people. Like it was just this kind of like, wow. when is this going to end? This striving wow. for something. Like, when am I going to feel like I've succeeded or arrived? And mm. then I'm like, and that's when everything. It was like it got taken away from me, right? Like yeah. it, I, just the way it happened. It, it does, was, though. It gets taken, right? And I'm it like, does. who am I if I'm not the happiness hunter? Who am I if I'm not doing this business? Like what do mm. I do? And then I just was reminded actually as you were talking, I'm going to take you in a post that I wrote earlier this year, and I was like, okay, I just I need to make 10 grand a month. That's it, right? That's my goal. Okay, what am I doing? I have no business. I have no podcast. I have no anything. And I was like, just the money started just coming in and I wasn't even making any, no effort to, for it to happen, right? Yeah, because like, it flow. Like, let it go. Yeah. But then I went in and I was praying a lot, I was meditating a lot, I was journaling a lot, I cried a lot, I processed a huge amount of emotion. I think I was also mm. perimenopausal. Well, I wasn't thinking I was. I processed just this, 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 this whole year has just been this massive internalizing process. Mm. And now I'm coming out the other end of it. And as I said to you, I set, had all these visions and goals and it's like it's now – I'm just like floating into things happening mm. and it's like, yeah, I'm meant to do it, but I, it's not that I was going the wrong way in what, what I was doing. I was yeah. going the wrong way in how I was how? doing it because I was too externally focused and not yeah. internally focused enough on my relationship with yeah. myself, right, and yeah. my, my power within God, whatever you want to call that, right? And it's like as I am that, like, and, and embodying that presence and sense of beingness more in my life, Mm. I that's that's it's, Naz, it's the only thing that matters. And I know. Like, it my is. relationship with myself, my relationship with my family, my relationship with my high level of consciousness and with people around me is yeah. the only thing that matters. So yeah. how do I fulfill that in my work? How do I fulfill that mm. in my personal life? How do I feel that in my service life? Because like, that's a different that? question, right? Different. That's a different question to like how much can I achieve and yeah. Um, and this idea of like, what is going to fulfill me? You're asking this question of like, how do I fulfill that? And it's this, like the cup of love, right? That's it though. That's kind of all it comes down to is those relationships. Um, and there's responsibilities. Yes, I understand that. But I think we take on so much stuff that we don't actually need to take on a lot of the time because it's kind of all made up. Really, it's all a bit of rubbish. And that you know, I think as well as women, we find it really hard to do this internalizing processing stuff because it feels selfish. Mm -hmm. And I think you know, if you are going to go down that road, it you can't just like park it and be like, I'm going to do a one year sabbatical and run off to India and not not show up to my responsibilities. Like you've got to do it within the framework that your life you know, the axis that your life is spinning on. And if there's mortgages to be paid, you you need to fulfill those responsibilities as well, right? But you can start with taking five or 10 minutes a day and just mm-hmm. sitting with yourself 
and just seeing how that feels and getting to know who you are. And it's this, those small little increments of time that you spend with self mm-hmm. are so like can give you really big revelation. And it doesn't have to be this whole huge climb up a mountain. It can just start with those little, and that's what I love about you, you really taught me um, by sharing through your story about the importance of meditation and just sitting with self and and even how to do that. And I think when we very first met, I was like, meditation scares me because my brain's really crazy. <laughs> and now I'm in a much better, my meditative space is actually in an ice bath. So no. I've always struggled with meditation because my I just, it's a lot going on up here. Um, but when I get in an ice bath, my body is freaking out so much that I have zero thoughts. And that's my meditation. So it's three minutes in an ice bath, but it's the only time in 24 hours of every single day, those three minutes are the only time when this shuts up. But I'll take it because that's the space. I found it. I found my thing and I'm and I stick with it. And it's in those moments, in those three to five minute sessions where things come to me, where I feel <sighs> peace. And I can I've done something for myself and it just all quietens down for a bit. And that's great. And then I get back into the life that I'm building for myself, you know. So this is what is opening up for you, Maz, next year is that, is actually practicing stillness. Stillness. Because it's that is what your soul is calling. It's like craving. Busy. Yeah, no, truly is. And, like, I'm a bit like, even as you were talking about that, I'm like, oh, I just, I don't know, with this there's space for something with this because it is such a powerfully important message about, yeah. you know, people thinking they just can't be still. It's like you, if can. you can't be still, you can't access that within. Yeah. And, you know, to me this is a spiritual journey and um, but living in the in the practical real world, like you were saying, and there's responsibilities with that. Yeah. But um, for me, like the whole concept of the happiness hunter, really, the goal is inner peace, but that's not a goal, that's a being, right? And that is mm-hmm. can only be experienced in this present moment. It's not a, something to be achieved or to be gained. It's something to be experienced. But we can't do that when we're busy and we're striving and we're out there the whole time trying to make something of ourselves in the physical world. It's like you can, but that's not fulfilment. Fulfilment is being fulfilled, feeling fulfilled mm. now with whatever's going on around you. And as you do that, I think that's when you really step into that connection with that high level of consciousness where you get those really inspired ideas yeah. that are easy and effortless. There's a lot of work that you might need to put into them, but it's effortless effort. Yeah. That's where that's how I want to live. And that's what yes. last year I was just like, this is all too hard and it's not fun anymore and I feel like mm. I'm failing all the time. It's like, what am I failing? Like yeah. what? Who has told me this is the test and this is how you pass and this is how you fail? I'm making this shit up in my head. Wait, there's, a, there's a lot that goes on up here that doesn't materialise, you know, but catastrophizing. It's and not even real. All of the things, like this whole world in here, the imagination is just, it's a blessing and a curse to be a creative for sure. And I've seen... I've seen the light and the dark of it and I'm leaning into the light. <laughs> I'm like, let's use this for good. So let's tone it yeah. all down and calm it all down and, and tap into that breath and that 
being and that sitting and that, you know, get out of your head and into your heart. And I remember, oh, and I, I want to wrap up on this because I've taken up too much of your time already, even though I could talk to you for hours on end fee because I just find you so inspiring and amazing. Um, but I was in, I've been in pretty intense therapy this year to, to process a lot of big things that happened. And um, my therapist said to me, and it's, it's one of the things that she said that really landed that I think about every day is she said, you cannot think your way through this pain. You have to feel your way through it. And that's going to hurt. And I was like, I am always trying to think my way out of situations or into situations. I'm trying to think myself into a new radio thing or another television job or another whatever. Like I'm constantly trying to think my way out of discomfort. And she was like, you have to sit in discomfort and feel uncomfortable. And then that will pass and then you will feel better. And so I've had this, again, real, you know, head, heart, connection, realignment thing going on. And I I feel like I'm getting the hang of it. But my default is think always, think myself silly, think myself out of the world, you know, like it's just, it doesn't stop, but I'm I'm learning to manage it. And this is a 43-year problem that I'm dealing with right now. Um, and I think that's the thing. But the, the thing is, right, the thinking is required. Like the imagination is required. That's how you've yes. created those jobs because it starts as a thought form, right, that then yeah. takes, has an emotion and is followed by an action and that actually will manifest in the external world. But this idea of just going, I'm not going to think about my emotions, like I'm not going to think about how I'm feeling, I'm just going to be with what is, mm. you'll be really surprised, Maz. Like the pain is excruciating. This is this has really been the experience of my last year is actually mm. having to feel my feelings without mm. going into them, without manipulating them, without creating a story about them, but just I'm feeling really sad now. I'm going to let myself feel sad. I'm not going to try and think about why I'm feeling sad or make a story about it or justify yeah. my sadness. How about I just let myself be sad? Yeah. Okay. 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 I'm feeling angry. I'm going to let myself be really angry. Okay. What yeah. What would it feel like to just let go of my anger and experience that anger? And, you know, sometimes there's collateral damage around us as we are doing this because we don't know how to do this Maz. we don't we're not practiced at it Mm -hmm. but if we can be honest and open and sharing and vulnerable with the people around us say i'm working through some stuff at the moment and it's really challenging i'm trying to understand my anger so that i don't keep effect it doesn't keep affecting my relationships it's hidden i need to let it come to the surface it's hidden let it come out and what you find, the true emotion maybe lasts five or ten minutes. Yeah. And then you can feel yourself manipulating it, right? Mm. If you properly sob, like you properly sob, you don't properly sob for ten hours. Mm-mm. You properly sob and then you go, oh, hang on, I'm still crying. But while you're not thinking about your emotion, that's the true emotion, if you will, right? Yeah. As soon as you start thinking about it, it's it's manipulated. Yeah, that's so, so powerful. See, you are, how'd you get so smart, girl? Um, your book is called It Is Possible. It is possible by it Fiona Redding. It is possible. And where do people buy this amazing book? So they can buy this amazing book through my website and I will sign it for them and send it off to them. There's also a journal and tracker package and stuff as well with that. Um, through all of the online books, 
retailers. It is Amazing. available and it's also available as an audio book through Amazing. Audible and now Spotify and all of the audio streaming platforms. So you can get onto that. And also too, if um, people take a photo of themselves with the book, tag me in it. I'm paying it forward and donating a copy of the book to a li- one of the 1,700 libraries across Australia in their name. Love that. What a great idea. Fiona, thank you again for a very insightful and delightful conversation. Love you, babe. I love you, and I'm so glad we crossed our paths now. I love Oh, hey, you're still here. Well, let me tell you about Booze Break. Booze Break is an audio series that I created and host with my good friend, Lindy Cohen. You can find out more information by visiting myboozebreak.com. If you want to take a bit of time away from alcohol, we can be your booze break besties. Here's a little sample of what you can expect. And the first episode is free. If you want to listen to it, you can just head to myboozebreak.com. There was a disconnect between what I was feeling and the life that I had. This is just about that better relationship with alcohol. Felt like I looked through a new lens. We are your guides helping you get this transformation because you really deserve that. We've got a go-to guide on how to do it and we're going to deliver it all to you guys through this audio series. An experiment for yourself. I'm happier than ever, so much better Hello and welcome to your booze break. My name is Maz Compton. I'm a radio host and a podcaster and I haven't had a drink since 2015. (laughs) That's a long time, Maz. It's a really long time, Lindy. (laughs) I'm Lindy Cohen. I'm a dietitian, I'm a nutritionist and it hasn't been that long for me without booze. It's just been a few months, really, six months post having a baby and I am loving it. And I, you know, I want that little high for you guys as well. And that's what we're here to do. We're here to help you have a healthier relationship with alcohol for whatever that looks like for wherever you're at. So whether you have a couple of glasses a week or a couple of bottles a night, we're not here to judge you. We're just here to help you get to a place in your life where alcohol isn't controlling you. And we don't need you to say, I'm never drinking again. Whether it's forever or for just right now, this is just about that better relationship with alcohol. So you feel more in control and it doesn't feel like alcohol is controlling you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.